This is episode 330 for October 2014. And if you're a fan of this podcast and also our website, please show us your support by logging on to the front page of SpidermanCrawlspace.com. Look on the right-hand side of the site and look for a button that says Support This Site via PayPal. And you can help us pay the bills, keep the lights on, and pay those expensive bandwidth costs. Because you know what? You download a lot of episodes. We've had 330 of them. All right, on with the question and answer from the message board. All right, Crawl Spacers, time to answer your message board questions. If you'd like to submit one, log on to SpidermanCrawlspace.com, click on message board, and we put uh, the thread uh, generally at the beginning of the month when uh, you can ask your question, just like these fine folks did. Uh, Tyson. His location is on JR's list. <laughs> it says. That's right. He's still there. What did he do to you again? I forget. He's, he's, he's the one that he's the one that uh, suggested that you uh, have me read the uh, the the Febreze snatching the Febreze incident. story. Well, yeah. that's right. That's right. He has a great Adam Hughes, Mary Jane as his avatar in our message board. This one's aimed at the whole gang, but JR specifically. There Boy. you go. Since many of the old what-if stories have eventually found themselves basically becoming a reality in the ongoing continuity, which one that hasn't found its way in would you like to see or to have, to have seen become a reality? Also, aside from the obvious, what if Peter and Mary Jane never married, what do you wish hadn't? Go ahead, JR. Well, see, now, uh, Tyson, I'm somewhat confused here because what what-if stories became a reality i mean uh i'm thinking of the you know i'm going through the what if stories uh you know what if uh peter stopped the the crook that killed uncle ben uh well no that didn't happen and what if aunt may died instead uh no that didn't happen and i mean so i i don't even know what uh what if what, stories you're referring to that what if the very first one what if spider-man joined the fantastic four that happened but not in the way yeah. that uh not no, not in the way that uh uh, you know, I mean, he became the – it was the Fantastic Five. I mean, uh, I, I'm not really getting the question. It's not It's there, not the same thing. There's another one uh, that I think it was What If Volume 2, Number 4, where what if the symbiote uh, never left Spider-Man and it came on – latched onto other uh, heroes and villains and hopped on the Hulk, mm-hmm. etc. Yeah, but so it, that's happened. Well, no, um, but in that case, though, it, it – it, uh, it, Aged Spider-Man horribly, and he died. I mean, I yeah. yeah. There's also the one about the. There's also the what if story about the clone. Technically, that yeah, that, that that, that's of, a what if story. Yeah, think of it. Um, although there was kind of, and it was another interesting. I mean, I'm not sure if we go a little bit um, non-Spider related. What if um, there was that one one one? Um, let's see, one uh, which one did I would would like kind of like to see? Although they kind of sort of did it. Is the one where the Punisher becomes Captain America? Oh yeah, that that kind of happened. Yeah, that kind of happened, but not quite in the same way. But uh, right. you know, but. Yeah. All right, Tyson, you're still on his list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hornacek, our good buddy Hornacek from uh, Canada. Hi guys, this is for everyone on the panel. Putting aside your predictions of Spider versus quality. Do you think it will change the status quo, or when it's over, will all the spider characters be at the same place and status they were before? And do you think any of the new spider people will stick around, or any characters that have been in Marvel Limbo, like Mayday, Spider-Girl, will be retired or, gasp, killed off? Marvel loves maintaining the status quo, but this seems like the type of event 
They like where big changes happen. Stegron. Sorry. <laughs> he just put a Stegron icon after it. Um, I love that people are using that. Yeah, no, no doubt. That's, that's awesome. Um, I mean, if anything, this is the opportunity to bring Miles in into the 616 if you want to do that. Well, then what would the Ultimate Universe have? Absolutely effing nothing. Well, they all, well, the Ultimate Universe already has pretty much nothing at this point. But, except yeah, for Miles, which apparently except people like. Exactly, except I, for I just, him. We, we've talked about this, George, about uh, Spider-Man 29 being in New York City along with the regular Spider-Man. That's kind of odd. They moved, I mean, they they moved Kane to Texas and... And uh, well, here's the thing, Peter. Number yeah. one, Peter David could write him wherever that, whatever city he wanted to. Put yeah, in. I agree. Number two, though, if Peter David wants him in in New York, let him be in New York. Although we don't know that editorial, you know, editorial may be saying no, have it in New York because he's got to interact with Liz, you know, and that's you know, and, and his grandfather works for Liz, you know, that kind of thing. And since Liz is in New York, he has to be in New York. But I mean, we just saw an issue, uh, uh, issue three. Where they mm-hmm. took him out of New York and put him in a, a different country, right. so you know that that works. I, this this also could be you know a, a team book works, uh, Avengers works, X Men works. Spider Man hasn't had in his line of titles a team book. What if they after this is over they launch a team book called Spider Men? And it's got Miles on it. It's got Mayday Parker on it. It's got Noir. It's got 2099. It's got Kane. I'd buy it. Uh, here's the thing. And we we talked about this earlier in the fact that Spider-Man can't kick ass in his own books. We, we, need, we desperately need to get back to something where it's just one Spider-Man, and that one Spider-Man is Peter Parker, and keep it that way for a little while. This character is is like, right now, Peter Parker, and the brand of Spider-Man is like butter scraped over too much bread. <laughs> you know, it's gotten what, out of control. What, what if, back to this Tyson's question, what if the Spider-Men were like the Exiles, and they went to different realities and fixed problems? Oh, Christ Jesus. <laughs> you don't like that either? No, well, and I, Okay. I do know. I mean, I know that that with, with the reaction with the with the spider with the Gwen Stacy Spider Woman, there's been kind of a already kind of some people yeah. were thinking about you know why can't you thinking maybe she should get her own book or something or somehow be. Oh God. You know, bring we're back, back to the nineties. Well, yeah. Well, they mainly. I like I, I like the look of that character. You I made get a book, and you get week. a book, and you get a book, and you get a book. Everybody gets it's a like book. The, it's like the Oprah. It's like Oprah handing books. out cars. Marvel <laughs> yeah. is Oprah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but JR, JR what, what's your thoughts about the various characters? Do you want them to stick around or go home? I uh, I agree with George. I mean, I think yeah. the, they've diluted the brand horribly. They've, uh, I mean, there needs to be one Spider-Man and his name needs to be Peter Parker. Well, I yeah. think maybe that's part of the reason why they're for having Spider-Verse is so they can get rid of all these excessive Spider-Man and women so they can kind of, you know, so you can, and the source, of course, the ones who will be left will be the more fan favorite ones. Well, that's, like, a, that's a mistake, too. They should never look at, you know, we have all these Spider-Man-themed characters. Oh, hey, let's kill most of them off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, there may be people who might like to see more stories with the Indian Spider-Man someday, you know? I mean, obviously, I don't think they're going to kill Ben Riley off because he's already dead. 
<laughs> well, technically, he's sort of coming back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, our next poster is Anime Hunter. Four posts on the board. Anime went all out. This is like a paragraph. This was of stuff, epic. And I'm, this <laughs> was an epic thing, and we're going to try. Well, let's plow, Let's go fairly quickly at a good pace uh, to answer these questions. Uh, I'm going to read them real quick. Whoever wants them, speak up. No, first. just just assign them out. <sighs> oh, all right. There's all no right. awkward pause. Then we just go. That is true. That is true. Have you ever? wondered or talked about the psychological effects Spider-Man and other characters have on their readers. Because I have personal experience where consciously I know, know it's a fictional character, but I, my body, unconsciously reacts to the point I need to visit the pharmacist. And I ask myself, is there something wrong with me? JR, is something wrong with him? <laughs> yes, the fact that you are asking this bizarrely convoluted question... <laughs> Yes. Okay. I, uh, yeah. It's <laughs> Dr. Fender that's that's spoken. When you physically care about a character or when you react, to, like a lot of times, like uh, look, look at yeah. Harry Potter fans, how wrapped up they got in him. That's a sign of a good character and good storytelling. It's, you know, it, it's a positive you thing. Don't, you don't need medication for the character. Maybe he's just – No, no, no. You, you should never go all you – know, go full Woody Allen and sit there and, and, and question <laughs> your own fandom. Just accept that you like it and be cool with that and, and don't second-guess that. Right. Next question. The question is regarding the Black Cat and involves the Hawkeye versus Deadpool and the Amazing Spider-Man 6 issues that came out recently. I haven't read Hawkeye versus Deadpool, by the way. You can see she's become a lot more ruthless and is a lot more willing to kill or cause major harm and endanger bystanders to achieve her goals, even to go as far as use mind, mind control. Now I've got hiccups. It's bad. Never had hiccups on this show. Anyway, which has also been shown that this is how she does things now in the preview of Hawkeye vs. Deadpool number one. I don't think, at, at panel, have we read Hawkeye vs. Deadpool number one? I didn't know it was out. I didn't know that that was actually a title. I didn't even know Black Cat was involved with it. If they would have solicited it with Black Cat, I probably would have picked it up. Anyway, my question, well, okay, is what's the group's thought on her huge change of personality? We've kind of addressed that in other podcasts. Hmm. Uh, do you think there is still a chance of repairing it and that she'll be turning up in other titles as the main antagonist as they're doing in he Hawkeye versus Deadpool? Uh, Mike, you've got that one. No, do I? I kind of get the feeling that, well, th I remember there was some kind of, um, I think in one of the comments section when I did the review, somebody, um, there was a comment about, uh, I guess they were talking between uh, back and forth about the uh, black cat and he sort of responded to the idea that he kind of considers black cat because she's a thief to sort of be a to kind of be a bad guy so i kind of get the feeling that this is sort of that that as long as this is kind of the direction that he just kind of wants to take the character a little bit and just kind of feels that you know as long as you know so honestly at this point i think it i think with the with issue six it's kind of definitively put the you know, kind of cemented the idea that this is so, this is going to be some kind of direction that's trying to make her into sort of a female antagonist for Spidey in the near future. And uh, the only thing I can think of where what could possibly maybe happen here is she has like another downfall, like maybe oh the kingpin comes back or something. Because remember he's still out there, and. Everyone, of course, thinks he's dead. So if he just comes suddenly to return to the size of return to New York and find, oh, here's there's the black cat, you know, trying to, you know, trying to claim that she's the queen of crime, and so he's like, oh, I can't have, I can't have this. So 
Right. So, well, his other his other question, George, you can have this one. Uh, what do you think about the fact that Slots totally destroyed her and Spidey's relationship? And what are the chances? Her, uh, oh, Black Cat, Black Cat. And what are the chances of repairing the relationship and the trust that they once shared? Uh, it's going to take her. After all this is said and done, and whenever whatever grandmaster story Slot thinks he has to tell with Felicia being a. a I don't think uh, Slot will be the writer. I don't think Slot will be the writer to fix no, it. No, she's going to have to be shelved for a while and let somebody let somebody fresh come in there and and try to do damage control on that character and rehabilitate the character. It can be done. It's going to take somebody with a lot more focus. Uh, let's, you know, let's just say she has, let's say she's got a brain tumor now, and they go in fix get rid of the brain tumor, and she's back to the way she used to. Or be. we find out she's a clone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Either way, they're going to shelve um, her for a while. <laughs> You know, so many people in the Spider-Verse forgot that he's Peter Parker. Uh, I think Felicia deserves to know that he's Peter Parker, and I think that would would change the outcome of the the hatred or the distrust a bit. What do you guys think? You know, she doesn't want – she didn't care about who he is under, under there. She knows that. Uh, no, well, the way she's written I, now, I it's – I have an interesting angle on that, actually. Because yep. actually, if she – because the way this whole psychic blind spot thing worked is because when he, yeah. when you see him unmasked and everything, and you know your memories come back and stuff, I would imagine that if she saw him, if she relearned that he was Peter Parker again, she'd be even more pissed at him because then because yeah, then she would realize, like I said, okay, we 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 it was just more than just kind of realize that we was just more than just a casual flame between us, but and you just kind of yeah. tossed it all aside, so that's just. I mean, she, maybe that would maybe she would stop being a villain, but at the same time, she'd just be like, "Oh, you know, you know, you just kind of ruin, you know, ruin everything." And then this will be another thing for Peter to angst over, like, "Oh, it's all my fault that she turned out this way," and blah blah blah. Jr., you've got this Mary Jane question. Do you think Mary Jane is being phased out of the book with what's he uh, slots done with her? It sure looks that way, and not just Mary Jane, as as you know, what it looks like is that Slot is replacing all the ca- classic supporting cast with his own creations. And do you think that's what's happening? And if not, what might or could be done to bring her back into Spider-Man and Peter's life? Oh, boy. I mean, I, you know, I mean, it, it's, uh, I'm not psychic. I don't know what Dan Slot's thinking. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, I, I refuse to even look at his bathtub, so I don't even know what to look for. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to look inside. ALS challenge you. Yeah, I don't want to look inside his head. I don't. You know, I don't think he's consciously doing it. I mean, I, I, it. I, you know, trying to replace the old characters with his own. I don't think that's necessarily a, a plan of his. I, I'm not sure if he's got a plan. To be honest, I mean, this is just. This is <laughs> Big just. Assumption. This is just kind of, to me, your most aimless directionless storytelling. It's like but, lost. Yeah, <laughs> but part of, part of it is because, you know, it's not his fault. Part of it is Marvel and their goddamned annual events. There's no way to, to, to work out a character arc because you got to, you know, uh, bump up against these stupid events. But I, I think Mary Jane, Mary, Mary Jane definitely does need to take a vacation for a while because I don't think Slot knows how to write her well. And well, I think she did this month. We haven't seen her once. And I said, well, I, I think she's better off. The word balloon, do you guys remember the word balloon interview that Dan Slott gave, like about back in March or something? About I didn't this listen. Part? He to was it, asked no. a question about um, oh the supporting cast and romantic interest, um, and he kind of said that how he 
kind of said a little bit about how it was, there was a difficulty of trying to introduce like new characters. And he says, and he said that the problem is when you bring in a new character, everyone immediately dislikes them because they're not Mary Jane and not Gwen. So the Sissy Ironwood and the Carly Coopers of the world don't have a chance. So it kind of almost, to me, it almost kind of sounds like that he, he kind of feels like, oh, I, when it comes to love interest, he just kind of feels, oh, he wants to try to introduce, you know, have, you can kind of tell that he wants to have the new characters take precedence over the old ones. And I'm kind of feeling like, and it's, it kind of feels like maybe that's in a way why we're kind of, in a way why we're seeing all this almost, why Mary Jane is almost kind of semi put on the shelf and how, why the black cat's the way she is. It's so that we can have, so he can try to, oh, and since, Carly didn't work. Why? 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 Maybe that's why we have Silk now. So the less slot gets the right Mary Jane, the better at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I, I kind of agree with that. But see, that's if, if and I, I vaguely remember that interview. But he's missing the boat if he says that the only reason people don't like the new characters is because they're not quote unquote Mary Jane or whatever. It's because they're written so badly. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that's the thing. It's not because they're new; it's because they're you know they're written badly. So. Yeah, I mean like uh, the, the two things with, with with the problem we have with Carly Cooper. I mean, what was the reason why people reacted so negatively? Negative. She was forced because yeah, she was just a, she was just this bland. She was just bland and overrated, mm-hmm. and everyone was trying to say that oh, this is the next great love interest since you know Gwen mm-hmm. Stacy, and never of course. All she really was was just a uh, was just a nerd girl with smarty glasses. Anime has two more questions. Let's get through them fairly quickly, uh, so we can get to the other posters. Uh, why do you think some writers feel that they have to destroy who a character is in order to tell a story, George? Um, skilled writers are able to put a character in a situation where they're faced with something that they absolutely abhor or that they don't want to do. Um, writers who are not as skilled um, will will try to shoehorn something, and I'm looking at you, Civil War. Um, <laughs> and and I like Civil War, but and have characters act completely out of character uh, to things that I mean, just in, in an overblown way. Uh, part of it is, and and I've talked about this a lot recently. Part of it is a conceit on the writer that, like, whenever. Notice, and Brad, you and I have talked about this. Whenever somebody comes in to take over the Fantastic Four, like a new writer comes in, they they all they, split up the team. They, they either split up the team, or they. I mean, there is a complete reinvention of the wheel. Yeah. Fantastic Four suffers so much from every new goddamn writer coming in and trying to put in a new status quo, or trying to work with one that doesn't work, and and then winding up forcing other things. The, just go with what works, man. The Fantastic Four were fine ten years ago, yeah. or fourteen years ago. They didn't need all this crap. They they have suffered now for like a decade and a half of people coming in well, and trying to reinvent the wheel. In Hickman's defense, I, I thought his run was really good. Just just have them be a. They're four people. How hard is it to f up four people? You're not writing the <laughs> Avengers. It's four people that work as a family for f's sake. The F in Fantastic Four does not mean fantastic for George. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, last question, anime. We're getting through all of them. Uh, you wouldn't happen to know when Slot's contract to write Spider-Man ends. No, we do not. And do you think he's overstayed his welcome, <laughs> JR? JR, do you think he's overstayed his welcome? I think it's time for a new writer. I do too. Yeah, I mean, although new writer? probably, I mean, I'm sure Slot would object to that, to that saying that, oh, it's time for a new writer. Of course he would. 
Yeah, but I mean, there comes a time where even the yeah. even even the best even the best creative team is usually tends to run out of gas after a while. I mean, I think yes, I think we uh, we I think we peaked with Superior Spider-Man, and there's only one way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe he figures <clears throat> to go because Spider Verse might be his, you know. Because that's where all I think that's where I think a lot of his energies are being devoted. I honestly don't think Slot will leave until the sales go down or he's taken. Yeah, well, the, slot, the sales have already gone down on this book before, and they just kept going with Slot. Yeah. Well, that's because yeah. he's riding high off of the Superior Spider-Man. Essentially, that's why. They, George, is it time for Slot to go? <laughs> I've been saying this for a while now. All right. <laughs> uh, yes, my answer is yes. Also, so that we're unanimous. On Your yes is yes, but if sales are good, keep him. No, no, oh, no, no. no. <laughs> I said I understand why they kept them. They sold, what, half a million copies? How many copies could I sell, Brad, if, if there were 48 variants? <laughs> Me, George Berryman. I'm saying he sold them to stores. They aren't in actual customers' hands. They're in 50-cent boxes. Mm. TNR 105, new poster. Brad and the gang at large, mini-review of Guardians of the Galaxy. What would you all think? It fun. I liked it. I liked it. Uh, George, I think, liked it out of the most out of all of us. Oh my God! I I, I walked out of there like I was high on crack cocaine. I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd give it a B plus. Uh, George, what would you give? Oh, it? Oh no, God! I'd give it an A plus plus plus. I wouldn't stop writing pluses. I'd still be writing them. This movie was. <laughs> the movie. Was Jr., awesome. did you have a chance to see it? Yeah, I uh, took Spencer to it. Yeah. What'd you guys think? Well, Spencer loved it. I mean, and he loves right, the right. music too. I mean, he got the, oh good. He jams oh, down nice. to the the old tunes or whatever. And such a daddy like that. No, uh, no, <laughs> you don't like that your kid likes what you liked. I didn't like those <laughs> tunes necessarily. Oh. <laughs> okay, oh. you are a monster. <laughs> I George, that sounds he's funny. not hooked on a feeling. He has no because that's because he, he has no feelings to be hooked on, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> This is a man who hated the Secret Wars, Brad. Oh, that guy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's, well, what, what, what was your grade, though? Uh, I would, I would have probably given it a B minus. I mean, it was okay, but uh, I, you just don't have any connection to. I mean, you didn't read the the 2008 book, and no, I mean, no, no, these no. characters are fairly new. So they see, Jr. can see, uh, he can see a dog in a cosmonaut suit walk into the scene and go, I don't even know what the hell that is. Brad and I will yeah. go, Oh my God, it's Cosmo. Cosmo and Howard and a whole bunch of people. I am Groot. George, in the light of recent happenings, just wanted to say you're good people. Well, thank you very much, TNR. I appreciate it. And apparently 98% of the world disagrees with you. <laughs> that's fine. I, it's referencing the the message, uh, the, the iTunes review? No, he's messaging all that crap that went down on the message board a few weeks back. Uh, with, you know. Oh, that's – oh, good God, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, after Captain America and Avengers 3, Chris Evans' contract's up, and I know you're uh, not a fan of Bucky not being warm food, <laughs> which hurts me on a personal level. But would you rather see him or Falcon inherit the mantle of Cap in the movies, or should they just recast it a la Banner and War Machine? Um, it's kind of a tricky thing for me. I, I, I'm able to enjoy the Marvel movie universe as its own pocket alternate reality. You know what I mean? Like, it, which is true. I mean, when you look at uh, all the different alternate realities of Marvel, the Marvel universe probably has a number on it now of how it exists. So that's how I look at the Marvel universe. And in that case, on the one hand, it's like whatever they want to do is fine because it's like watching an, an alternate reality thing. It's trying to stay true to the original. On the other hand, I hate things like the fact that Janet Van Dyne can't be the Wasp. <laughs> that kills me. As an Avengers fan, it's like a, it's like being slapped in the goddamn face. 
Yeah. But when it comes to the other stuff, when it comes to Cap, when it comes to the Falcon, uh, who I loved in Captain America 2, cry, I did not expect yeah. to like a Falcon mm-hmm. in Captain America 2, but I, I thought this was a throwaway role. My God, that guy, Anthony Mackie, was incredible. But I, personally, I would rather see him recast Cap because it's yep. the character that's popular. People like the Falcon. People like War Machine. I don't know that they're going to carry a movie. You know, I mean, they don't carry as much gravitas as Iron Man. Good luck recasting that, or as Captain America. Or no Thor, doubt. You know, so I don't. I mean, it, it's kind of a catch twenty two. I know that they're going to can try to try to continue that, and they'll bring in new Avengers. I'm sure Hawkeye will stick around for a while. But I mean, the rumor is they're going to bring in Carol in, in the second movie. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of things I, you can bring in. I think the Marvel. Uh, what what. They're following is the James Bond theory, mm-hmm. like the characters can t- can continue for generations, and but they'll lose actors. That's fine if they uh, want to do that. I mean, I, and I, I I think if you I, what I don't think will work. I mean, it did work in the Avengers movie, but I don't think it would work if you have say uh, uh, Chris Evans in a movie and you have a new person replacing Robert Downey. I think I think you need to recast Thor, Cap. And Iron Man all together. If you're going to do that, yeah, I I, I don't think it, I, I just don't think it would work with some in there and not others. Yeah, it'd be weird. It would be very weird. So, uh, let's see, Spectacular Mike. What are some of your other favorite comic characters besides Spider-Man? Okay, well, first one that comes to mind, Batman. And do yeah. I really need to explain why? But <laughs> he's the goddamn I mean, Batman. That's right. Yep, I mean, yep. no, but seriously, I mean. I kind of, I mean, I know this is a spider. As much as I like Spider-Man, um, for to me, Batman is not just one of the greatest superheroes ever created. He's one of the greatest fictional characters ever created because partly because he's one of those he's one of those characters that has been like I think maybe the closest been is a Superman, but Batman has been one of those guys who has sort of transcended his or his uh, comic book beginnings to the point where. You can ask anybody on the street who has probably never read a Batman comic in their life, and they can tell you, oh, if you mention who Batman, uh, what do you know about Batman, they can tell you, oh, he's Bruce Wayne, that his parents were killed, that he was in Gotham, and about Robin and Alfred and Gordon and all of his villains and everything. That's just how big this character is. And, and also the fact that he's been, well, just consistently well-written for decades. Um, other characters I have a fondness for, I like um, the X-Men. Not so much the original five, because let's kind of be honest, they're kind of a little you know, bland, especially um, especially like Angel. Because uh, <laughs> We make fun of Angel so much on Fight Club. I know. The best thing that ever happened to him was Apocalypse just ripped <laughs> off his brain. It really was. It really was. Yeah, I mean, it really was. I mean, that, you know, of course, and of course, everybody really doesn't like Cyclops, although they kind of slightly, slightly try to make him a little bit more. Well, they solved that. No one likes Cyclops now. Yeah, no one likes Cyclops <laughs> anymore. But no, but he's a, I, he's a tortured soul. I yeah, mean. but I kind of like, uh, to me, I always, I, I kind of like the Claremont era where they introduced uh, Wolverine, Storm, Nightcrawler, Colossus, yeah. and the, Rogue. The Claremont and Dave Cockrum stuff. Yeah, that's I mean, exactly. Claremont Burn that's, stuff. That was awesome stuff. Um, that was an iconic run, have, yeah. The other one I have a fondness for is uh, Daredevil. Um, oh yeah. I mean, I mean, that's another guy who I think is uh, just another well, just such a well different, very, very fascinating character. Especially, um, I mainly this is just because if you read, you know, go back and read some of the Frank Miller stuff, 
which is, I mean, it almost like, it's almost to me, that's the closest thing you can kind of, I mean, even though he has sort of the radar sense and everything else, that's the kind of the closest thing you can kind of get to a very grounded superhero in the Marvel universe, actually. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, that's, that's cool. Let's go ahead. Oh, that's cool. Let's let's move on to JR's question. Uh, do you think there can be any sort of redemption for Harry in the current films, as there was in the Raimi trilogy, as well as in Spectacular 200, given his hand in Gwen's death? The deleted scene showed he still had some humanity in that while he killed all the Oscorp board members, seeing Felicia made him soften slightly and spared her life by ordering her to leave. Well, anybody would kill the Oscorp board members. They're a bunch of douchebags, <laughs> uh, and they've been, dude, they've been they've been they were douchebags in both this universe and the Raimi universe. But no, yeah. Harry shouldn't be. I mean, Harry Harry's committed the unforgivable sin in killing Gwen. I mean, in a way, that's one reason that uh, that Norman died in the comics. I mean, where do you go after he's killed Gwen Stacy? Uh, I think that was kind of one of the motivations for for him going as well is because uh, you know he he had to pay for uh, such an doing such an atrocious thing he had to pay with his own life. Um, so, but no, I don't think there's any redemption. I mean, frankly, if I were Peter, I would have killed Harry right then and there. Yeah, Spidey dude, our buddy Zach uh, from Texas has a question. I'll give it to Mike. What's an idea for a podcast, a Spider-Man related, but as a topic or title has been long. Gone uncovered. Examples being Clonestock Chronicles, Mayday Mondays, and Spectacular Radio. I ask because I'm looking for ideas of a possible new show and one of the experts' thoughts. Thanks, guys. Well, Mike, when, can you think of a podcast that's not been tackled? Well, I mean, I was going to probably, you can, I mean, I know there was one uh, podcast for a while that was doing tackling the, the Superior Spider Man, called Superior Spider Talk, but I mean, so I'm not sure you can follow that. One idea I was thinking of when I was reading this, I mean, you can almost maybe do a podcast on maybe the various supporting characters or something like a little bit like it. Cause I mean, if you look at Spider-Man, it's not just focusing on Peter Parker. You've also got these, some of the, uh, some of the other side stories involving like, let's say, you know, like uh, Mary Jane or, or you can do something with Flash Thompson concerning how he's, you know, was with him being Venom now. So, and maybe going, but maybe kind of a little bit of a flash, you know, flashback to the past or something like that. That's agent yeah. Venom to you, sir. Yeah, oh, I know. That's right. Yeah, I've got the name of that one. You could call it Web of Spider-Man. All the people that are in his web. The other one you can try. The other there. one, another possible one would be. I don't know if he's if Zach has done um, a podcast devoted to the untold tales of Spider-Man, and has That's a good look at that, and you see how it compares. And like, okay, how does this? Kind of or why not? Uh, what's in the headlines now? The Spider Verse. He could do. Oh, the yeah. God, Good God, there's so many Spider-Men. Yeah, I mean, you could get at least of, a dozen episodes out of that. different what-if stories about what with Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, what, what, what do you think, what is the first variant of Spider-Man ever published? Oh, I'm trying to think, like an, like an alternate version of Spider-Man. What, I think it might have been the one when he was the first, if you go back to, I think it was what-if number one, where he was with Join the Fantastic Four. Okay, so that you could start at what-if number one and do all the variants of Spider-Man. Right. There um, you go. I, you got, I, I'd like a quarter every time. Yep. Mike and I would like a quarter every time a alternate, podcast is done. Alternate Spider-Mans are, or Spider-Man are, like uh, are like a Blue Easter Cult song. Another 40,000 coming every day. <laughs> we can be like they are. I mean, it's just, you know. <laughs> Don't fear the spider. Uh, don't fear the spider. Uh, Joseph Adorno from uh, Gallifrey. Uh, That's a Doctor says, Who reference. Doctor Who fan. <laughs> oh, got it. Okay, I did not get that. I That's thought Doctor he, Who's it was uh, in, home. Thought plan. it was in England. Nope. Well, 
Uh, well, technically it would be, but... <laughs> Could, Spider-Man... <laughs> Could Spider-Man and Spider-Woman, Jessica Drew, have a relationship and become an oh. item? Well, like having a kid with yourself, wouldn't it? Can I oh, just no, wait, not the ultimate version, right? Can I just answer oh, this be... question real quickly? Yeah, go ahead, Mike. No. All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> what, are, what are the pros and cons of the two characters being a couple? Well, well he's I mean, kind of getting it all with Silk. I mean, it's kind of the same deal. Well, it? technically, if you're, if, well, unless Silk is going to be rebranded as Spider-Woman and take over Jessica Drew's spot. Who knows? You know, they did kind of rip off, uh, in a way, they kind of did rip off, uh, like, the whole idea of her, of Spider-Woman's pheromone powers. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, oh, I, I mean, but, but in all seriousness, with Jessica Drew, she's even though she's called Spider Woman, she's not really connected to Spider Man all that much. Even though they're, I know they're trying to make it do the name. That's about yeah, it. just other than the name, it's kind of the me that would it almost be like the equivalent of you know Superman and Wonder Woman having a relationship because he's the world's strongest man, and she's the world's strongest woman. Oh wait, that Joseph has another question about. What? Anybody else in the Marvel Universe that you'd like to see Peter Parker with? I think Silver Sable and uh, Carol, uh, Ms. Marvel, they've been hinted at uh, flirtations between those two. I mean, that's not bad. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, they, I mean, I know there was a for a time, I guess there was a sort of reluctance on, I mean, I mean, I know this is for me personally. I just don't really, I'm not really too keen on having, like, unless I kind of have a rule of thumb that, um, if it's a, if a, if a superhero, if two superheroes have a romance, it can only work if both yeah. of them are are exclusively in a team up title. FF Avengers, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they have titles of their own, then you're going to then then eventually you're going to kind of run into problems of problems. I mean, uh, I mean, because you're dealing with this, it kind of like reminds me a little bit of. Um, Oh, like what what happened with what happened with Black Panther and Storm, for example. Um, there, yeah. because there you have there you have like Storm, who's supposed to be Marvel's like premier, you know, female African American character, and you know, almost their equivalent of Wonder Woman. She's not African American; she's just African. Well, for okay, well, well, technically, yeah, she true. was born in the U.S. Actually. Oh, was she? Right. Yeah, she was born in the she was born in New York. And then her father, oh, her I parents, were, parents I she was, yeah, I didn't know that. Oh. That would make her an African American. You're right, and I'm yeah. an asshole for saying it. <laughs> oh yeah, but that's okay. I mean, but anyway, I'm going to go write a negative iTunes review on you, George. <laughs> <laughs> but in any way, in any yeah. case, but in any case, the storm is supposed to be. Well, and anyway, the point is that storm was is essentially Marvel was essentially the closest thing Marvel had to Wonder Woman, and then they paired her up with Black Panther. That even though he's pretty much T'Challa's an awesome character. He's not exactly very, not quite A-list level, essentially. And so you had a result where you had your most notable female character in a B-list title, almost treated like a sidekick. And there came a point when that title was canceled. Then you had your, then you had your, your real prominent female superhero was no, was not in any single book. And plus, you got this whole thing, the fact that more people are familiar with her because of the X-Men and what have you. So, yeah, it was just became a total, complete mess. And so, there's, and even, and there didn't seem that there was not a very, very compatibility there issue at all. So, They yeah. hooked up again in uh, New Avengers recently this month. What, what's that? 
Oh, yeah, they had that uh, little brief Storm little... and Black Panther hooked up, yeah. Yeah, because they're like, oh, he thought the world was going to end. In, end of the world. Don't stop the world. No. And then... Oh, okay, uh, yeah, let's, let's see. Aziz, let's plow through these, gang. In Flash number 200, Wally's stories, he was given a psychic blind spot with a secret ID. Who had a greater psychic blind st- spot story now that it was given by Doc Strange to Spidey? The Mephisto deal is irrelevant. Mm. Speaking of Mephisto, do you guys see how often the ultimate cartoon Spider-Man agrees with his devil side more than with his conscience? Mm. Well, I think when they tackle the first That's question, um, there's a couple ones that um, that do come to mind in terms of... Um, there was an, there, I remember there was an astro, uh, one of Kurt Busiek's Astro City issues where they kind of had a, like, there was a guy who was, um, who seemed like an ordinary guy, but he found out after the fact that he was a superhero that, and he purposely had his memories of that time erased, and that also, um, I think one of his, because I think it, I I have to go back and try to remember what it was. The other one, there was actually a Doctor Who, um, if you go back and look at the the fifth season of the uh, new Doctor Who series, they had a, um, there was a point where one of, um, I guess, uh, Amy Pond's, uh, you know, fiance, uh, Rory, he kind of dis- he kind of got erased from space and from from the space time continuum, for some it's a little bit long to explain, but there's and she sort of forgot about him, but at the same time there was sort of this inkling like that she felt like there was she was missing something and she kind of would cry, you'd have tear up for, you know, without realizing it, so. The way those stories were kind of handled, I think that was, um, I think that was actually was pretty well done. I mean, and I think part of that was due to the fact that those mind wipe stories they were setups for a larger story. The problem with One More Day is it was sort of it was a, it was attempt at a solution, and of course it doesn't really work. But you know. Yeah. The other question is. Uh, from Fantasy Freak, his location is The Avengers 1959. To the entire gang, have you seen any episodes of Web Warriors, the season three yet? And if so, what did you think of them? George and I did a podcast, it uh, <laughs> will be released shortly, where we talk about season three. And a little bit more specifically, have you seen the clip of Donald Glover as Miles Morales? Yes, we have. We talked about that in the news segment. So all your questions will be answered this month of September, Mr. Fantasy Freak. Lockdown, our buddy Ryan Reed from Illinois. Sorry I missed out on the call-in show last month. As you read, mobile technology was not being my friend that night, and neither was traffic anywhere. He, he was stuck in the back of his uh, parents-in-law's van. Yep. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> poor <Law's> van. <laughs> oh, poor Ryan. Anyway, my question is for the entire group. As you know, I had to completely drop my comics due to my wife being unemployed and my money being pretty tight, even going as far as selling off several of my trades and collectibles to balance out the budget. What are your worst times in comic book reading and collecting where you ended up not reading any comics or just flat out saying enough is enough? I can't do it anymore. Okay, first of all, why... Here, let, Mike, Mike we've, you've gone a little bit. Let's, let's hear from JR a okay. little bit. What, JR, when in college you dropped comics? Uh, actually, it was the Clone Saga that made me drop them. The, the 90s. Yeah. T- talk, talk well, I, 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 I dropped, I, I've dropped, dropped it a number of times. One, uh, yeah. around when I... F- I'm trying to think of. I got fed up with the Hobgoblin mystery mm. and oh, yeah. stopped. But but the Clone Saga when that uh, when that kicked off and it was Peter was the fake. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like I quit. I just absolutely dropped it. Wouldn't do it anymore. Yeah. You know. Have, have you ever had to drop comics due to the money concerns? Well, 
pretty well, yeah. I mean, I pretty well dropped yeah. them now, except for a make these. That's true. Well, they're, I mean, they're the most expensive they've ever been. Back in the 80s, you could get by with 60-cent books. Yeah. That didn't hurt your bank account. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, you can't experiment with books anymore. In fact, I used Ooh. to... Uh, uh, in fact, when I used to do mailordercomics.com, I would, yeah. because they were cheaper, I would order some, you know, just to, you know, see what they were like. Cause I, and, and, and I got almost got burned all the time. I just really didn't like a lot of them. Uh, you, you Star Trek books, if I remember correctly. Yeah, right? I did. I did. I, I don't, I don't like a lot of the Star The IDW is doing an okay job right now, but, uh, a lot of the Star Trek books have been very hit and miss. Right. George, you ever at a point where you say I can't afford it, can't do it, enough's enough? Uh, all of the above. Yeah. Uh, no, the like Jr. I dropped it during the Clone Saga when they tried mm-hmm. to pass off that bullshit. I was I was pissed. I was like, you know what, you know, go f yourselves. <clears throat> and then uh, later on, Dan Slot would quote me. And um, <laughs> no, but there was uh, yeah, there was another time when I just I finally got so fed up with Marvel. Jr. It was around uh, it was when I left Hero Realm. It was around two thousand and two or so, and um, I just I I just I got so fed up with Marvel as a company, and and I I wasn't enjoying Spider Man anymore, and and I went ahead and just stopped because here's the thing: if I don't if I get to a point where I can't I can't stomach spider-man it is almost impossible for me to read anything else even i mean even batman well i mean i used to be able to read batman but batman's not an option for me anymore because dc's dead to me now so you know right now it's like all i have is spider-man and really that's that's all i read and it's because we do this if if I was to like have to quit or something for time trench i wouldn't even i wouldn't even pick it up anymore because i don't like well, it right now lord knows you wouldn't pick up new warriors if you didn't do that for the satellites i would not you would not. Uh, Mike, have you ever dropped them at, at any point? Well, yeah. I was about to say, I not only can name the time I uh, dropped, I can actually uh-huh. name the issue where I... Oh, put, what was it? It was the second volume of Amazing Spider-Man, issue number 13. And, you know, that was the issue where Mary Jane was winning that oh, in, in the plane and it blew up. Howard Mack and John Byrne, yeah. Yes. At that point, I was like, and it wasn't so much that I was so upset because, oh, Mary Jane was killed because, like, they, who, who stays dead in comics, right? But mm-hmm. at that point, it's like, oh, you're trying to, you're, you're just getting, de- at this point, they were just getting desperate now. And especially, and, and of course, yeah, and of course, having figured out what the, for, what the next issue was with Maddie Franklin, you know, trying to put the moves on him and then all that, you know, at that point it was just, okay, I'm out of here. That was, uh, back at, the, I remember the time that you're talking about in history, Mike, mm-hmm. and uh, because it was a big turning point for me, and it's why I started writing about Spider-Man Online to begin with. And, right. and it's amazing to me the similarities, because I was dissatisfied back then, and I was dissatisfied back now. Mackie... Mm-hmm. Mackey overstayed his welcome as a writer, yeah. and he had an editor that didn't recognize it or, for whatever reason, just kept him in here. We have the right. same exact problem with Slot right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, Slot yeah. has overstayed his welcome. He, we need somebody fresh in there, and, and, and so it's, it's weird it's gonna, to look at the it's parallels. Gonna take, it's going to take Paul Jenkins. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Paul Jenkins was a lifesaver. Oh, man. Well, oh, my God. Him and Buckingham? Oh, yeah, dude. Because Mackey was got, had gotten unreadable. Well, the weird thing is, though, I mean, because at the time, there was actually, I kind of almost considered that, it was interestingly enough, that I think it, it was strange, because when Bendis first came up with Ultimate Spider-Man, at the, because that's when it also kind of premiered, you know, in 2000 stuff, 
that that actually that started selling. It was strange because that thing was selling more at one time than Amazing, because Amazing was just so lackluster. Yeah, so bad. Yeah. And that's when they had to bring in the Jimmy Michael Straczynski, <laughs> who was held right high in the Babylon Five fame, and that's what you know, and. You know, like you said, Paul Jenkins also being brought in on Peter Parker's Spider-Man as well. That's when you started. That's when suddenly, that's when the title I think started having suddenly a resurgence and everything. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I remember that. I remember the time they were almost like thinking at that point, like with when the Ultimate Universe first started, is this thing going to replace the Six One Six? Because the books, because the comics at that time, because the Six One Six books at the time were just really kind of, you know, in the doldrums at that point. Yeah. Uh, I've been picking up uh, Amazing Spider-Man since 1977, 1978, since I was three, four years old. Uh, I've I've read every single year since then, and there's only been one time that I thought about dropping Spider-Man. It's a protest of the writer. It's when Dan Slott was uh, so hateful on the website, personally attacking the the posters on here, and he and he he just belittled my website. Uh, took every opportunity to pot shot it as he could, and that's the time when I was like, you know what, I might. I, I, that that's the one time that I thought about just saying screw it, but I didn't. Well, you know, <laughs> then the bastards win. Then the bastards win exactly. <laughs> but the, no, the at, at the heat of the slot debate and and where he was just logging on the website to fight. Yeah, uh, is where I really thought about saying, you know what, screw it. But you know what, I like Spider-Man more than I like Dan Slott, so. Uh, Spider-Boy into Jesus. Good <laughs> Lord, what do we got here? This yeah, is, this thing is huge. What, uh, can, George, you take over. You're, you're the Spider-Host. <laughs> take this question and direct it to people, because I don't know how to do this one. Uh, basically, I mean, okay, so. It's about hair, and I know nothing about basically, hair. Basically, well, I, it's hard to read because he's got so many pictures in here. <clears throat> but basically, he wants to, he wants JR to compare weaves between, like, uh, <laughs> like, 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 throw weaves between, like, like, Norman and Richard Nixon, and some dude who's got, like, some kind of weave spiral. It almost looks like a cap, not even hair. <laughs> so what is this question? It's that, just an exploration of of the cornrow, you know, of the cornrow as opposed to the weave. I guess that's what I gather from. Well, no, the, the, the first question. No, the first question actually is a question that's been raised to me before: is what would I think of John C. McGinley as Norman Osborn, and did I do I think John C. McGinley could play the character? Uh, and I've answered, you know, and I haven't seen him in a whole lot, but I'm pretty sure he's a good actor, and I, you know. This is the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy? No, no, no John C. That, that, that's that's John Riley. C. Riley. Yeah, this McGinley, is McGinley was in Scrubs. Remember, he was the older Scrubs, Scrubs guy. Yeah, okay. he's the guy who's the, what's his, his <coughs> He could totally play Norman. He could, because I've seen him play a prick in Platoon, and he did it really well. Oh yeah, Platoon. He was he was he was awesome in Platoon. Uh, but so yeah, I could I could see him doing it. But then that's the then the the the, the Guy asking the question goes into the hair thing, which is then it goes, <laughs> then it goes off the rails. But the one thing, the, the one thing though that I've, I've one picture I found interesting though was I believe in one picture McGinley is talking to My, Michael Ironside. And, yeah, that's from Highlander too. Oh, Michael yeah, and Michael Ironside, Ironside actually was my choice years and years and years ago for Norman Osborn. 
so I, do you remember him in V? Yes. yes. Oh man, what a bad his wasn't his name Ham? Yeah, Hamilton MV. Tyler. Yeah, him. Yeah, he was just a bad. But he, he 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 was my he was my Norman Osborn. I mean, when he was younger. Yeah. Um, so. And then he asks about uh, Mary Jane and, and Ellen Page as Mary Jane. I don't see it. No, I don't either. Ellen Page is five foot one. <laughs> that won't work. I mean, Kirsten Dunst was five seven. She's a, she was a half a foot taller than Ellen Page. Yeah, Ellen Page is very cute. She's like girl next door. Mary Jane is not girl next door. Mary Jane is va va voom. Mary Jane is WTF just walked into the room. <laughs> Whoever plays Mary Jane has has got to be able to bring in a physical presence that is like a powerhouse because. Because that's how you introduce them, that's how you hook them, and then you then you learn the layers of her character. Someone like you know, and I pointed out again, you know, we talked about that Evan Rachel Wood. I think she could do it. The guy that played Sophie on uh, True Blood, I think she could do it and do it well. But Ellen Page is wrong, dude. Ellen Page, uh, she's cute. I'm not saying she's not a, she's not attractive. I'm just saying she's not Mary Jane. Does that make sense? I agree. Blind <laughs> <line> from purgatory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> To Brad, uh, oh, Spider-Girl, Ultimate Universe, Petra Parker, we've talked about this in the Spider News. Uh, why do you think they did this? Listen to the previous podcast. We discussed it in, in uh, detail. Yep. To everyone, I'm going to try and ask this question to the best of my ability. Under oath. No, I added that. Can you add? Can you in depth talk about why sophisticated, complex, and overreaching TV shows like Transformers Prime? What? <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Transformers Prime, Spectacular, Spider-Man, Earth Minus Heroes, Green Lantern, Young Justice are canceled in favor of more slapstick comedy shows like Teen Titans Go and Avengers Assemble and Ultimate Spider-Man. Why are what are the circumstances? The meaning behind because this? <clears throat> meaningless chibi cutscenes uh, and jokes about uh, food fights are easier to write than Batman the animated series. It's it's an effort thing. I mean, it's like we can we can actually work and and try to come, you know to craft a complex story that has you know that has a lot of different facets to it and that examines characters a lot of way. Or Spider Man can have a food fight. One of them we can write in about a half hour. The other one's going to take some planning. Well, yeah. from what I understand, any... from what I understand, from what, what the reason why um, Spectacular Spider Man would be kind of that why that fell by the wayside because they, that was during the time when when Disney was acquiring acquiring the rights. Um, was buying Marvel, and of course there was wrangling the rights for Sony and everything else. So there's that yeah. business, and I think with the uh, Green Lantern and Young Justice one, I maybe I could be wrong, but I remember reading somewhere that the reason why those shows fell by the wayside is because there was a problem getting a toy deal made out of them. That they couldn't like they for some reason that they, that they couldn't really quite sell like in the merchandising thing for those for those two shows didn't work really working. So that's yeah. why they figure, well, if it's not selling the merchandise, then what's the point of having the TV show? Um, so. uh, he has another question. Does anyone know why Marvel took Deadpool, various Spider-Man titles, Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom off the di- digital distribution networks like PlayStation Network, Xbox Live? That's because Disney got the rights to the video game is what I understand. Activision uh, doesn't control the X-Men titles, I think. And I'm also <clears throat> I'm, I'm confused about the Spider-Man titles. I, I think possibly Amazing Spider-Man 2 was the last one Activision can put out. Disney wants you playing Infinity. They do. They're pushing that thing hard. Yes, they are, with that crappy... Does dominant. anyone know what is up with Marvel pimping out mobile games like movie tie-ins and X-Men? Because they can make money, and that's why. The, the mobile games are the same exact thing as writing a stupid cartoon versus a smart cartoon. <laughs> the mobile games are stupid, and they're easy to make. They're, they're quick, and people will sit there and, and dump money into it like rats it in the feeder bar. 
Well, a mobile game is also three bucks. Uh, console is sixty. You know, there's probably less effort put into the mobile games because they cost less. I have a friend who uh, that's all he did was play that uh, that goddamn agent or that Marvel Shield thing on Facebook, the Avengers. You know, we're like, all Avengers yeah, the, is the oh my god, yes, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, why does Spider-Man have to be 15 in the movies, some comics and animation to tell a story? Why was it like it wasn't like this in the 60s, 80s, and the 90s shows? Brad, we've got you and I have talked about this ad infinitum. Yep. The fact that good writing is good writing, and you, when, when you and I were kids and we liked Spider-Man, Spider-Man was a young adult. We didn't care yeah. because it was college. Good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we like shows that had kids in them. We like shows that had adults in them. You and I and Jr. probably. Love the million dollar man. Well, Jr. probably doesn't because he didn't love anything. But <laughs> we love the million dollar man, dude. Remember? Uh, I I didn't really or, or, or things like that. that. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. And they were grown ups. We didn't need them to be kids. Yeah. But for whatever reason, today's but, marketing people think that that's the only way they can sell the kids is to have it all kid now. I agree. <clears throat> uh, DC Marvel fan guy. Uh, hey gang, with Superior Foes ending at 17, I was wondering what the panelists. Who reads Superior Foes, what their favorite character, moment, gag, and issue are? George? That's oh, God, it was easily that one in uh, either issue 12 or 13 where the Beatles trying to leave the the, uh, the furniture store. And he winds up breaking it <laughs> on, the, on the goddamn way out. I That is the hardest I have ever laughed from a comic book ever. It caused me physical pain. I thought I might be pleased internally. I literally did. And then I, I had to set it down and compose myself and hold my side. Because I was like, I'm, I'm coming apart at the scene. And then I went back and read it, and I had the exact same goddamn reaction. I died laughing. I was like, oh, my God. i gotta, I got to stop. i got to come back to this later. I'm going to wind up in the hospital. JR, we have to get the trades for you. Look. The what? The trades. You have to pick the trades up. Try, try the first trade. A Superior Foes. I think you'd like it. I, really I think that would be a live serial commercial for JR. <laughs> JR likes it. <laughs> he won't like it. He hates everything. He likes it. He likes, he likes it. it. He likes it. <sighs> He's growling. <laughs> yes. You know, there, there's, there's, there's a lot of things. I mean, I would, if I had endless time and endless money, I would take chances on a lot of things. But unfortunately, I have limited time and limited funds, and I just uh, very selective of what I choose to take a chance on. This, this one guaranteed, you'll like it. If you see a trade of the first one, Jr., you know how <clears throat> you know how hard I am to impress. Yep, I'm a pretty tough nut to actually. I mean, like if I say something was good, I'm usually like, "Oh my god, that was so great!" Emphasis on the nut, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, you know, Brad was the one that got me in the superior. You know, yeah, and this, this word of mouth is get, helps. And I, <clears throat> I was dubious at first. I was like, "Yeah, oh, what the hell is this?" But I read it, and I was I was eternally grateful. I did it. I mean it. The two of them, it is just a funny, or Spencer and Lieber, it is just a funny, funny team. And they, oh my God. It, 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 it's like, it's, it's cathartic. It's like stress relief. You know, from like all the other bats that's happening in Marvel. You know, it's like, they're just over in the corner waving at you. You know, they're like, it's like you're at a big party. And, and, and the unending events, you know, that's like me. That's like the jackass that won't stop talking in the middle of the room that everybody tries, wants to avoid, but you know. And then over in the corner is a, is a cooler kid just sitting there hanging out, waving at you to come talk to him, and that's superior foes. Yep. Mm-hmm. To Brad and George, was wondering if you'll start reviewing Ultimate Spider-Man Season 3 episodes. Already answered. Yes. We uh, already did that. He also goes to point out, or points out that there's 
Way less cutscenes and annoying chibis. That's true. There's less of them, but they're still there, and it's still disappointing. And Man of Action is not long, no longer involved. Did I? Did, I didn't know. That. I didn't know that either. Yeah. But you know what? Uh, Whatever. Steve Claw, two posts on the board. Hey guys, looking forward to this next podcast. Uh, with the new rumors of a Venom movie, if one had to be made, uh, live through the nightmare, George, he says. <laughs> Who would you cast as Venom, and what villain would you see? He's got to go up against Carnage. Channing, I mean, Channing Tatum, because then I could care uh, even less. <laughs> <laughs> they should cast Tay-Tay as Venom, as the girls call him. Magic Venom. And what villain would you... My nightmare would be they would cast Degron, which would force me to see the goddamn... No, you know a Venom movie is going to have him fight Carnage. Oh, I mean, that's just probably. that's just a given. So, you know who you know who probably they'll probably class as Venom? Who? Chris Zilka. Who? Because he was Flash Thompson. Because that's the guy... Because that oh. way they can... Because they want to... Because obviously if you're going to do a Venom movie, you're going to have... You can't have like a psychotic version like Eddie Brock or anything like that. So you're gonna, I guess. So you're going to have, I mean, because you're going to have, honestly, like, don't... Oh, go ahead, And, Mike. of course, you're going to have to have the tie-in with more fit with, like, the, the Ultimate Comics version of the symbiote, yeah. where it's more of, like, it's derived from whatever uh, Richard Parker's research or whatever have it, uh, right. so... Honestly, I don't think we're... Well, I, I'm not sure we're getting a Venom movie. Yeah. I mean, it's, sure it's a are. little... Nightwatch Night from uh, South Carolina... To Brad, have you ever gotten any feedback from the artists where you've used an opening theme? I have a, I've had a couple of people ask me to be used on their opening themes, like some young artists, etc. Uh, no, I've never gotten a cease and desist order. <laughs> uh, I've gotten dozens of uh, and thank yous. Yes, I've had a couple thank yous also. A lot of the opening themes are straight out of YouTube. I, I, I look for uh, artists playing Spider-Man themes, and, and that's how I look for... All 235 opening songs that I've managed to not repeat, I think. No, you've maybe, one or, maybe, maybe one or two. I don't know. Uh, have you ever seen how Mr. Negative creates his inner demons? With alcohol? There you go. And the <clears> panel, <throat> to the panel, since they're going to be make make it whether we want it or not, which six villains should Sony use for the Sinister Six? This, yeah, see, I told you somebody was going to ask that. Who do you want? I picked somebody. Mr. Ho- Mr. Host. <laughs> I can't. I, I love the little chances I get to mock Jomo. All right, for that. Yeah, all right. You take it, smartass. <laughs> okay, I need to narrow it down. Okay, that's me, George. <laughs> well, we know that we're getting Rhino, Green Goblin, Vulture, and Doctor Octopus for sure. Yeah. Um, Sandman. They've already used. I don't think they would use. Well, then they, they've used some of the other ones too. Uh, I, that deleted Richard Parker scene tells me that they were either planning on introducing Chameleon or Mysterio. Uh, and um, to round out the other one, well, no, not Electro, because goddamn. Uh, they just blew him up, and, and Jesus, no, never. And, and the audience clapped. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably, I don't know, I guess Craven. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. yeah, that Craven's the, been confirmed. Because yeah, like if you see like, yes. the closing screen, um, they actually have like those little flashes of little images there. But they were maybe teasing, like maybe these are possible Sinister Six, and one of them might have been Craven, the other mysterious. Oh, they said, yeah, but they said that those images aren't uh, aren't official, by the way. But yeah, they're not official, but I mean, they're just kind but of. Mark, Mark Webb and his bonus disc only available at Target. That sucks. You know, I'm uh, kind of wondering if they're going to have uh, Black Cat as part of the Sinister Six initially before they interact, have their little. Uh, I'm sure they'd like to. Whether or not they're going to get to is a different matter. <laughs> yeah.